to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> Good morning, friends. Hey, friends. Recognize this voice? <laughs> Always. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies. We've got a hot show today for y'all. I'm just going to dive in and just start explaining. Is that okay, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. Men's playing to me. We're talking about uh, Holly Quinn, Margot Robbie, science, cuttlefish. But more importantly, down the track, we got an interview with a director and an actress. They're in Sundance. They have a short film. Jen's rolling their eyes. It's Danny Pierce and Brenna Harding. And they're going to talk to us in Sydney Spotlight. You might remember Brenna Harding from Puberty Blues and Black Mirror, the episode directed by Jodie Foster. And we're also going to be reviewing the Safdie Brothers and Adam Sandler meme-worthy film Good Time and Little Women. We're so late to Little Women, but honestly, it's never too late we for have Little Women. We had a week off. We needed a break. Please, oh God, please do not spoil Little Women for me, though. I haven't seen spoil it yet. Spoil! <laughs> it's been made eight so times. many adaptations. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, I haven't even read the book. No, <laughs> well, we'll have all of that down the track, but let's play that movie new Sting so we can dive into some current affairs. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. We love mixing it up, y'all. We had you on your feet. We're doing two reviews first. So I have a trailer right here on my computer. So I'm going to get Malika to plug in the cord into my computer. Is that G with you? Of course. Because uh, we have a fantastic throwback, okay? It's not the current Little Women trailer, it's the 1994 trailer for Little Women, which I will review straight afterwards. Are you ready? Let's get it. Let's do it. Columbia Pictures invites you <laughs> to share the holidays with a family of Little Women. Joe. If I were gonna be a writer, I'd go to New York and pursue the stage. Are you shocked? Very. Meg. What's that strange smell? (laughs) You ruined me! Howdy, howdy, y'all. Recognize that? Uh, Jen, recognize that? (laughs) That was definitely Jill Armstrong's version of Little Women. But today, (laughs) truth hurts, but we're talking about the 2020 version of Little Women. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, Jan, cover your ears. I'm not rushing to nice comedies, especially if their leads are gay or female, because I was Janice Ian growing up, who is in fact the ultimate mean girl, but more on that later. Little Women is about being authentic. It's director Greta Gerwig's fan mail, straight from the heart, starring the most cupcake cast of Hollywood young adults who would never cut a bitch. Because not everything needs to be poisonous. It can be a sweet, cute, Oscar-worthy film that just happens to be amazing. And I'm not going to lie, even though it's a pretty picturesque period, this stable long-form book movie is sweet and wonderful, but honestly, you guys can just have little women. I'm more into sitting with Juliette Lewis, watching Birds of Prey, and covering my own face in ham. Jen, did you feel the same way? Did you feel a bit like, this is nice, but also, I want to cut a bitch? There's too much Hermione in this film, but I loved it so much. It's genius. I could watch it over and over and over and over and over and over and over, which is why it's been made like eight times and anyone who's read Little Women is obsessed with it and will read it over and over and over and over. Mm. I was actually having a chat with our producer outside about the show and we thought it was really funny that they didn't really have that many American 
actors. So it was like oh, some of the accents weren't very good. Wow, is that People true? People say that, but they also say. used like Emma Watson's like part where she's doing a British accent in the trailer, and that <laughs> flipped people out. It's like yeah. she's actually putting on a British accent in this scene. I don't know about how you guys feel, but something of the aura of Little Women fills me with a bit of suspicion. Like, get that buzz away from me, because if there's one thing Saoirse Ronan and Meryl and TC don't need, it's more attention. There, I said it. But Florence Pugh steals the movie the way she stole the movie in Midsommar, and she's honestly the Nicole Kidman of the next generation, and I'm obsessed with her. This wasn't. A, I Love didn't have that. a negative time watching this, but I definitely just feel. Like, okay, we got buzz, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> sure. Um, do you actually want to do movies news right after this track from Bjork, which you picked out? I think first, got one more review. We're going right. to review oh, Uncut Gems. Malika, okay. catch up with sorry, us, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's fine. This is Uncut Gems, y'all. Get ready, button up. I made a crazy risk to gamble, and it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. You're welcome for that edit. <laughs> okay, okay. Uncut Gems is, I mean, you've seen the memes and now the movie is coming out in a couple of weeks. It's DTF, RN, Mass for Mass, but IRL, not that mask. I mean, we're talking about Adam Sandler here. I mean, it's he's totally no homo, but at the same time playing the ultimate daddy. He's insta-famous and selling gems in New York to basketballers, getting into fights with the weekends. Doctors hate him, so does his ex-wife and his daughter. But his sons and dad and new girlfriend get it. And I get it too. You want to be Scorsese, guys. Bringing the stress and dopamine rush of live sport to the otherwise relatively bland safe space of Netflix. The Safdie brothers nut their toxic realism into the world the way only upcoming directors who wish they were big in the 70s know how. And look, it made me wet. When he tells his girlfriend he's going to fuck the living shit out of her out of a window while he hands her a bag of full of cash I gasped when the opal is cut from a cave in Ethiopia and we dive inside it like the snowflake and the Grinch to the one to one Otrix and then we pop out of Sandler's colon I moaned what I'm saying is the first time is always the best don't expect the Safties to make you breakfast this is definitely one of those thrillers where you have to watch it once and then you can't really go back to it there I said it I know whereas Little Women Little Women's kind of like medical marijuana where you can just like have it every single time you ever have an anxiety attack and it will just like absolutely fix everything whereas the Safties used to make really cool experimental mumblecore in New York and like full of women and now they're like going the Scorsese passage of like just total narcotic mm. like they just want to have pool parties in Cannes which is fine I get it but it's like that's me clicking because I you agree bros. you're so right the Safdies back in the day we're talking like a decade ago used to make like cool New York indies and is this selling out? Is it a sellout to become Martin Scorsese? I kind of think it is. Is it a sellout, Greta Gerwig, to cast Meryl Streep? I kind of think it is. The only thing this film needed in my O, honestly, Anna Paquin. There I said it. Yeah, I know. Give her some lines. Bring or... New Zealand actress Anna Paquin back. <sighs> so, Malika, I know you're new here, but yes. <laughs> we usually do this thing where after each film we give a one-word review. So... I think my one-word review of Little Women okay. is shush. <laughs> and Shut up, you shush. my one-word review of Uncut Gems is uh, not so long. <laughs> my one-word review of Little Women is uh, potentially trans. Mm-hmm. Um, and my one-word review of Uncut Gems is uh, meth. 
There we go. Wow, love that. Very I nuanced. I've had meth before. <laughs> um, okay, beautiful. I am in such a haste to play this song, which you picked out for us right before you came on air, Andre. It's by Bjork. It's called It's Oh So Quiet. And stay tuned for movie news right after this, I promise. Bjork has bangs. Movie news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Movie time, y'all. So what you just heard was a bit of Bjork. And in movie news, the new trailer for Harley Quinn film Birds of Prey, starring Osgirl Magarobi, features that exact song. And not going to lie, puts Little Women on the cultural back burner. And if you like this year's Korean hit, Parasite and Will Ferrell's stepmothers, Jen... What is happening to the Parasite film? <laughs> well, get your yuppie sister's credit card because HBO is in talks for a limited series based on Bong Joon Ho's 2019 hit. They're gonna Englishify that film. Which... Are you kidding me? Wait, so is it gonna be a movie or a TV show? It's gonna be a TV show. TV oh show my for god! HBO. But it's That's all insane. still in talks. It's still being discussed. A limited TV series, and a lot of people are criticizing this potential show because they just think that instead of giving it an English version show, they should just give a Best Picture at the Oscars. Facts. I don't know what the logic is behind that, but <laughs> I, I just think like make, art, make it good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, hundred percent. I, I do kind of think that maybe English, English, Englishifying it might sort of take away. A a lot of the character that I feel like it had in terms of, you know, a lot of the Korean cultural, like, norms and things that you really get to observe in the film. I think Absolutely. you're right. You know, the, the whole, um, like, the, moti- the recurring motif of, like, oh, like, they smell like poor people or whatever. That's, that's what keeps being said. Like, that's something that's so, um, like... Like, I even kind of understand it, having a little bit of Asian background in me. Like, it's just, like, you know, dirtiness and cleanliness and that being, like, such a terrible insult is, you know, it was just, it really hit hard for me. And I feel like those kinds of things can't really be transferred into an English context. What do you think? Well, every time with an adaptation, I just think all adaptations are good. I hate copyright, even if it's from the top down. And I'm a little bit like, well, hopefully English classrooms will drag out the old movie every single time anyone talks about the HBO special and more people will go see the original original parasite it's almost like advertising for the original exactly yeah because there'll only ever be one original also i think that like americans will be too freaked out by the prospect of their culture being criticized as severely as korean culture is criticized in parasite so i'm wondering if it's actually going to be worthwhile if it's going to have backlash anyway in science news (laughs) everyone's favorite pet the cuttlefish has been given chunky red and blue 3d glasses to test how they perceive distance, and it's actually the same as us. It's stereopsis. The perception of depth based on the reception of visuals from both eyes, and that's how they figure out distance. So many words. They put them in, like, a little aquariums, played them Avatar, and just sort of asked them whether they liked it and whether it deserved four sequels. You can check out a photo of Cuttlefish wearing 3D glasses. It's really cute. It's really, really cute. Wait, so how do they ask them... That part like, was a joke. <laughs> they don't ask them if they liked Avatar like, or not. What? What is this a new technology? But there's some great pics of some it's fish just, tanks full yeah. of the 3D glasses wearing cuttlefish. Very if you're cute. driving, get out your phone right now. Google cuttlefish and <laughs> 3D glasses. It's amazing. Please don't actually do that. <laughs> Oscar noms are being announced today in America, but uh, right now, or coming up after this song, we're going to interview actor and director Brenna Harding and Danny Pierce on their Sundance short film Backpedal. In the Sydney only Spotlight. Australian short, short film, film in Sundance. Sundance. Stay tuned for that. And Jen, what is this song that you've chosen for us? This is the credit song from Uncut Gems, which will be out on Netflix in a couple of weeks and hopefully in cinemas. 
Movies, movies, movies. What's the song? It's oh, sorry. Oh my god. It's um. I think it's it's L'Amour. It's it's a French name. It's Gigi D'Agostino. It's his rave hit from two thousand. It's just it'll get you up. I've got it. It's called I'll Fly With You. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies with Jen and Andre on FBI Radio ninety four point five. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. Yo, yo, you yo, we're back, y'all, for Sydney Spotlight. And today we are so thrilled to welcome Danny Pierce and Brenna Harding, who have a short film in the prestigious Sundance Film Festival. Jen, should we start by naming the name of the actress who I was going to mistakenly say? I was. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all morning, it's like, I'm really, really scared I'm going to call Brenna Harding Deborah Messing. <laughs> <laughs> And has happened yet, but fingers crossed. But more importantly, we're here to talk about Backpedal, which is a gorgeous short film, and it's going overseas. So let's start with that. Well, it's based on a piece of poetry, and I wondered if you could describe the poet, the poem, and why that spoke to you. Yeah, amazing. Well, I mean, the poem itself is um, was written by the inimitable Olivia Gatwood. Um, she is an American poet um, based in Long Island, I believe. And um, I kind of came across her work on the internet a couple of years ago and um, just seeing it and engaging with it just was kind of a profound experience and we kind of just decided immediately that we had to adapt it for screen. So I reached out to her via the internet. Weirdly enough, we've actually never met. So when we go to Sundance, this will be the first time that we meet. Mm. Oh my God. So you're going to Sundance as well with this film. Yeah. Where are you meeting her for the first time? Hopefully the jacuzzi. (laughs) (laughs) So for some of the listeners, uh, Bran, I want to ask, what were some of the directions you were being given on set when you're making a film that's based on a poem? Mm. Well, I think that the process with Danny was really wonderful because it it started with us just connecting as humans and um, connecting intellectually over the piece and emotionally over the piece. Um, And then from there, it was a really feeling process on set um, and just seeing what came on the day and what was needed. Um, Danny is an incredible director and does a lot of um, pre-work and and gives you uh, documents beforehand that sort of step through exactly what's going to happen, the frames, exactly what's trying to be achieved, character notes. So you've got a really clear idea what's going on. So it feels like there's a really strong basin when you get to set. Um, and so from there, it was just, yeah, feeling it out and seeing what came out on the day. Um, so there wasn't anything particularly specific at, at particular points there are, but yeah, it was more just like a whole experience of being together. And I'm curious about going into it. There Was was there any scepticism about doing a film that might be a bit interpretive? Or was no, not like- at all. No, I trusted Jan- Danny's vision completely. Um, and the poem is beautiful. Um, and yeah, the the vision for it was all there. So yeah, I just felt really excited. Yeah, I feel also that like that's such a valid question though, because that this kind of material can be very kind of risk adverse, and mm. yeah, I think it takes a lot for actors to feel comfortable to come onto a project like this and really just give themselves over to the like to the abstraction and. And yeah, mm, so that was yeah. a gift from everyone, to be honest. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a different film to a lot that's being seen at the moment. Like, I haven't really been given anything that's similar before. Before we were talking about Bjork and Bjork has bangs. And last night I watched <laughs> The Juniper Tree, which is another beautiful intellectual um, 1990s, a 4K remake kind of interpretive film. And I think it's like based on a poem as well. And it made me think about this a lot. I also watched Archangel, the <laughs> which is not based on a poem. But it was really good. But. I wanted to ask, um, can you paint a picture of how 
you were painting pictures of the film before you saw the film and how they sort of weighed up. Yeah, that's such an interesting, interesting question. I mean, in this particular space, do you mean visually? Visually yeah, and like yeah. emotionally, what did you specifically like paint a picture for the listener? Well, <laughs> I mean, the film, to my mind, has always been intended to be highly photographic. And I, I kind of feel like photography is such a fascinating medium that isn't bridged very often with film. And so I guess from my point of view, I was really interested with of taking this kind of like concise, specific narrative um, placement of photography and bringing that into cinema and figuring out how to be as kind of fundamental with the storytelling as possible. So like we didn't shoot very much for the film, like every scene is kind of told in two frames. And that to me is kind of a testament to the photographic approach. Is poetry a buzzword that you like being attached to the film or (laughs) are you trying to like slip away from that? (laughs) Well, no, I'm happy with that. I mean, the film unto itself in its stylistic form is poetry. Like Mm. it's, it is loose and it's, um, it's rhythmic, it's rhythmic and prose based. And, and yeah, so I feel like in that regard, I'm quite happy with that. And actually I think it was, it's a really important word for, to have brought everyone onto the project with, you know, to Mm. really express that we are doing something kind of narratively different and it's not going to be the conventional short that you may have seen before. And I feel like poetry in relation to like, you know, traditional fiction work is is the perfect kind of comparison mm. and it was one of the big appeals to me coming on because I've been involved in the poetry scene for a while and and gone to a lot of slams especially Bankstown Poetry Slam and so to come which everyone should go to. yeah it's yeah. incredible yeah. um but so yeah ha- having that as the concept behind the film um was really exciting to me and and exploring what you can create beyond what the poet originally intends it's gorgeous I would uh Okay, in a, Brenner and the Bros, is that how you describe the images? <laughs> Brenner and the Bros. I'm trying to think about the actual images. I feel like if you're oh listening, God, you have no idea what this film is about. It's Brenner and the Bros. There's a glass box of water and a guy lying uh, completely still inside of it. There's nightlights. So there's kind of a, I mean, it's photographic in a Gregory Crudson kind of way. You're going to see it at Flickr Fest yeah, on if you wanna know what it looks Wednesday like, night. Uh, check it out at Flickr Fest. We'll upload the details on... And there's a trailer online as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, last question. Is that okay, Jen? Yeah. Uh, what are you guys working on next, uh, Brenna? Um, I'm off to Perth. I'm doing Cloud Street with Black Swan Theatre Company, which is uh, the second time we've done that, um, and I'm incredibly excited. Woo! Danny? Um, I've almost finished the script for my next short. I have a fiction feature in development and a non-fiction docu in, in development as well. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on Sydney Spotlight. Thank you for having we'll, we'll upload all the details onto the FBI pages. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for Movies, 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 Jen and Andre. Right now, let's get into a track from Shlomo. This one's called The End. Mm. Oofed, oofed, oofed. Can you play that loud? Can you play this out loud? podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.